Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Michael Rooker's perm. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Kill a few people and they call you murderer. Kill a million and you're a conqueror. Cue the theme song. All right, the legend's too far. Take this rope and pull it apart and tie it together. We're going to rappel down. This rope is 60 years old. Will it hold? Don't think so. Bad answer. I'm beginning to dislike this Mr. Walker. Recognize these locations? Let me jar your memory. If you don't recognize them, you're useless. Useless items are usually discarded. Your friend just had the most expensive funeral in history. You! Hatch! Do you know what real love is, Crystal? No. Sacrifice. Gravity's a bitch, isn't it? All right. The year is 1993. And we needed our big fix of Stallone to come on back in. So we have it. Up way in the hills of Colorado. Cliffhanger! Hold on. Cliffhanger is a excellent mountain climbing movie starring Sly Stallone, John Lithgow, Michael Rooker, and Leon. Shit, yeah, you can't have a good action movie from the early 90s without Leon making a case and kicking the shit out of people. Um... And so, really, we're, we're following the story of big gay Gabe Walker, uh, who's a <laughs> kind of a mountain ranger rescue team, um, and one of his co-workers is up climbing one day and runs into a little bit of trouble, and there's a little bit of turmoil, and then everyone has a tough time getting over it. And then, meanwhile, there's some people messing with the DEA, I think it is. Uh, no, the U.S. Treasury, right. Um, so we got a turncoat within the Treasury, and we got some terrorists who want to hijack a plane with another plane and get the money. And they got some cool sensors, and then they got to hike around the mountains looking for their shit because nothing ever goes to plan. This well-executed plan does kind of fall apart, unfortunately, and... Uh, when this thing goes wrong, it goes wrong. So then everyone's got to kind of go to the mountain men to save the day. And we got some stoner campers on the site and a couple other crazy things happening. So um, Cliffhanger, actually, the opening is like one of the best openings of a movie I've seen in a long time. It's immediately exciting. It, and I remember for the time, no movie opened like this. No Sly Stallone as the action star movie opened up with someone falling to their doom out of his clutches. He couldn't save them. So that was exciting to get me going. I was like, holy shit. And Michael Rooker is pissed. They try to make him more human, this one, and less of an action hero, which is nice. They go and this is like a little, I'm sure this is referred to as Die Hard on a Mountain or (laughs) whatever it was. 100%, that's what this was, Die Hard in the Mountains is what this was. And so they tried to make him a little bit more like the John McClane character where he was a little bit more humanized. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. like some kick-ass, you know, soldier or something. He was just some... But, he, I mean, he's huge for... I mean, I guess mountain climbers would be big. They'd be lean, not, not muscular. Be, yeah, they're super strong, but I think they tend to be like lean, sinewy fucking muscles yeah, instead yeah, of that like that thick... Yeah, you don't want yeah, that extra twenty that pounds on, of muscle, thirty pounds of muscle, as you're pulling yourself no, up. Oh, that makes sense, actually. Yeah, that guy on uh, free, is it free solo or yeah. whatever it's called. Yeah, uh, Alex Honnold. Yeah. Oh, he's tight. Yeah, he is. He's very lean. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. And that guy's like, 
got to be one of the best. Well, he probably is the best, right? Yeah, he's the world's best solo free. So it's interesting. That's insane. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You were saying um, that that Sly is kind of more of the everyman in this movie because we don't really. You don't really get to know his character. There's not a lot of setup. That just you're just kind of thrust in, and he's the mountain guy, and he's kind of you, you get he's kind of easygoing. You get he's comfortable at what he does, and he's good with the lady as the crisis is going down. But then after that, he's like kind of sad and depressed and given up on the whole mountain ranger life. Um, so it doesn't really it doesn't really give you a huge introduction to him in a way that sets him up as an everyman. Yeah, but you the beginning of the movie where where they're. Um they go up. So at the beginning of the movie, they go up to save. Um, they go up to save. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Ro- Michael Rucker or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And his girlfriend. It looks like Michael Rucker hurt himself or something when they were climbing. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. She seemed fine. But wasn't he hurt? Yeah, he got hurt his knee or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, the dialogue between uh, all of them, including the old guy flying a helicopter and. Uh, it's all actually kind of good, and like it gives you a sense of like how well these people know each yeah. other, and, yep. and that they're friends, and they like each other, and they're joking around about like swapping partners and stuff like that. Kind of fucked up, but <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Maybe if they're this like, doesn't work out, I'll take her home to suck my dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, She's like, okay. But, uh, you do get a, the only thing that I didn't like is so then Stallone then. Rooker's girlfriend dies in that accident where Stallone goes and tries to save her. And, uh, which is crazy when she falls to her death and stuff. Actually, the directing and stuff in the beginning of the movie is all great. It is, yeah. Very intense. You're on the edge of your seat and then she falls and stuff. And they, they show that. And it, it all looks good and real. It doesn't look like some fake dummies and stuff like that. And it doesn't look like bad CG or, or bad, you know, facades. Like, they shot this all in the mountains, clearly. It looked amazing. But then I didn't I I didn't get what happened between the the time that that person died and the time he comes back because it seems like he just fucking left and hasn't talked to his girlfriend at all not on the phone yeah, I think that's nothing. what happened he just was yeah, devastated know, like, took off Was that I his know, girlfriend for like, for like six for like 6 months yeah they were dating Oh the like him six, and the pilot chick yeah, because she even gives him shit when he's hitting on uh, he's hitting on his the other guy's girlfriend. Michael Rooker turns him in, and then she's like, she's like, "Yo, you need trouble or something?" And he's like, "Ha ha ha," or whatever. Because he comes back and he asks her to leave with him, right? That's what I mean. Is he 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 disappears for six months and doesn't write her a letter, phone her anything, and then he just shows up and he's like, "I want you to come with me." That doesn't make any fucking sense. Now, why didn't that makes I? Zero fucking sense. I didn't no pick up at all. No one would do that. What a dick you would be. Yeah, dudes. I think dudes do that shit all the time. I That's mean, they have a romantic. They have a romantic little conversation by the horse, and then he says, "I want you to come with me." I came back for you, and then she's like, "Uh, she's like, um, not into just taking, getting up and leaving." Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and so he's like, "Well, I'm just gonna get my shit then." He's like, "Where's my shit or whatever?" But. But no, but like, you, there's no way, well then he's the biggest dick in the world, and she shouldn't fucking go, he just, she should he never just, date He feels again. responsible for killing one of his friends. Yeah. I mean, trauma does interesting things to people. I could see him wanting to just like, go into a huge gray cloud of depression and seclude himself. I, that not seems smart. to me not to be like, crazy or a dick move. It's just something that like, maybe someone would go through in that moment. It's not like he's it's like, 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 
decided to leave his kids and family for Tammy, the fucking local town pump. And he's like, just overnight, he's split. Like, he's, like, gone through a serious thing, and then he's decided to fucking, like, vacate his life. Like, that's yeah, as much torture her, for him as it is for anybody but, else. But Rucker's girlfriend died, and his girlfriend was there and witnessed the whole thing. So he just, she, his girlfriend's right. He gets to be a selfish piece of shit and leave, and they all have to stay. And then he just vanishes for six months. Like, yeah. what do you think that did to her? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's torture. She, but she but again, she's cool. not the one responsible. He made the decision. He yeah. was the one holding her hand. Like nobody else there owns that, but but Sly. This nobody whole... else, and for her to even say that is kind of a dick fucking move, to tell you the truth. Yeah, this whole group needs need needed therapy. Like Sly needed oh, to yeah. deal with it, and he like the way he dealt with it might not have been the most unhealthy way. It's just the way he did it by not telling anyone and just up and leaving people that cared about him. He maybe yeah. should have had some discussions and been like, "Look, I just need some time." I don't know, but but Colin's right. Yeah. They just skip over that. Like, he could have like he could have at least called a couple of times that I'm doing okay and I'll come back when I'm ready. But yeah, but that finish, doesn't create like, the atmosphere that this is. Yeah, I, I I know that's what I'm saying. Is it just it almost seems like it's it's a little bit over the top. I would have like written it a little bit differently. It just seems a little unrealistic. Like she should beat the shit out of him. Like he fucking vanished like a ghost for six months. Yeah. Like she 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 doesn't seem nearly as upset about it as she should be. She's upset. I I'm kinda curious. Yeah. yeah, I really disagree with you here. I really disagree with that. Go on. It's, well, it's not a huge it's not a huge sticking point. It's just about this. I don't think that there's that there's that it's a huge hiccup for him to leave like that. Like I'm he, just saying the dialogue, the dialogue between the two of them doesn't seem realistic for that he disappeared for six months. A lot of it's like explain a log. That's fine. Not that's like the real. criticism. Yeah. If you're like if you're criticizing criticizing the actions the character took, I don't necessarily disagree with that. If you're criticizing with the writing, then I'm fine with that. Yeah, and there was no need for for Gabe. I think her name is Jesse, isn't it? G- Gabe's. Uh, she looks like a Jesse. Just didn't need that. None hey, of that, that is her name. Her name yeah, is none, of the, none of that needed to be in there because even when they're together later in the movie, fighting the bad guys and going through the mountain, I get the sense that they're like huddling for warmth, not for like love and comfort. They could have just been colleagues. I don't. I, I don't know. It just. It didn't. It didn't do anything for the story for them to be a couple. And everyone at this ranger station is banging each other. That poor old man. Well, what else are you gonna do? That's like guess. pretty isolated in those spots. I think it's like. Rucker wasn't banging anyone at the station. Rucker had like a girlfriend who wasn't a climber. He was taking climbing. That's true. Yeah, that reminds me. What the fuck was that chick doing in that climb? Yeah, seems well, a little bit totally ill-equipped for that. Yeah, they did. They did. They did do, have dialogue to try and cover for that, where she says, "Like it's not your fault. He should have never taken her up there in the first place. She, she wasn't strong climber or whatever." So. The writer tries to, you know, cover that a little bit. Yeah. So it's not stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah, I know. It's totally crazy. But I mean, like, you don't need to have her. There's That adds nothing that she's not a fucking climber. Like, she could be a climber up there with Rooker and the fucking Carabiner could still fail. And she, like, you know, yeah. glove hand yeah, yeah. slip or whatever the fuck. Sense. Like, all that stuff could still happen. You don't need her to be inexperienced. That just kind of, that for a minute yeah. makes me think right in the beginning it pulls me out. And I'm like, why the fuck is she up there? Yeah. Yeah, and I like, think I don't need that right off the bat. Yeah, and it also it bothered me, but not in a way that's bad to the story. That um, <clears throat> uh, Rooker is so pissed at, at Gabe when it was really an equipment failure that was the big cause of all this. But 
Yeah. He wouldn't be thinking yeah. rationally. All it would be like you had a chance to save my woman and didn't. So so that, that doesn't ruin anything for me. That's all that's all totally good. Um Yeah, yeah. So then the um then we get introduced to our group of baddies and their their heist plan. And this is one of, one of the most ambitious heists I think ever put to film. Um it's crazy. So what they want to do is they want they have an inside man on a large transport plane that's carrying a uh, hundred million dollars, and it's very important that these are uncirculated bills. I don't know what that means. Um, and so they have a second smaller plane of terrorists who are going to wait for the treasury agent turncoat guy to kill everybody on his plane, set the autopilot with another another uh, conspirator. And then start to tether the two planes together and send the bags of money from one to the next. Something in my brain is triggering me saying that something like Mythbusters or someone wanted to know if you could actually move suitcases between planes like this. Um, well, they also just from that People movie with uh, Harrison Ford. What the fuck? The, the, the clear and present? No. No, the Air presidential one. one. <laughs> Air Force One, right? That's right. They did yeah, People they did that way. Thing. Holy yeah. shit. What yeah. year was Air Force One? Does anyone know? Uh, I'll check right now. It's yeah. going to be 90-something, right? Yeah, it would be. I wonder if one stole from the other. Anyway, like... It, it, <laughs> 97. So Air Force One is after this. Yeah. I just can't imagine that you could like hang a grappling hook behind a plane and then would connect it to the frame of the other plane. Like That's some, that's some Snow Angels stuff right there. Some Blue Angels piloting required yeah. and... I don't know. There's so much that could go wrong. That's the best plan they could come up with. Yeah, it seems um, super risky to attach a plane to a plane. Like those things, like a little jerk. Can you imagine? Like think about when you, I don't know if you've ever hooked uh, trucks up or towed a truck up, but when you hook the straps to each other, like as soon as those little tugs happen, those are significant tugs. Oh, it's crazy. There's a huge jerk on there. So you're hooking planes up now in the air. Like, think about the the volatility of the air conditions. Like, if you hit a little patch of turbulence or something. Like, I'm not saying this can't happen, but it would be a huge risky operation. Yeah, yeah. And then they, when I... but they they were communicating though in a way where they were telling each other their airspeed and their their level and everything like that. So yeah, obviously, like in Air Force One. This, that must have been a real thing. So this must be something that people really do or have done like to get someone off of a plane or Maybe. an emergency. I mean, they do inner air fueling, so I guess why not? Yeah, the tethering is possible. Yeah. It's just it's just weird with these two planes, with these two unrelated crews, one relying on the uh, autopilot of the larger plane. I mean, really, the plan was going to work, though I can't figure out how they were going to get the chests off of the... Because like they hooked the grapple to the to their smaller plane, so that has to stay attached, and then the bags are sliding down. When they get to the end, how do they get them off? Yeah, 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 yeah. How the fuck do they get them into the plane without? Maybe they pull them in and cut the cable. Maybe, but I can't then they remember. had was the was the cable on the outside of the plane or the inside? On the inside, inside the door, there was a specially bolted latch or something like that. Because if the bags sure. come in, you could just cut the straps. I suppose that would be the case. Would, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, and then the people would have to come as well. Um, I mean, for a hundred million dollars, you'll do anything, really. Yeah, for a hundred million dollars, you gotta do. You'll get those. You'll get them in the plane. You're gonna yeah. get those in the plane if you can get them down there. And I mean, <laughs> it, it seems. 
seems the thing that for me is it seems plausible. So their well, plan was, seems plausible. Just the, the part of getting bags with gravity and the plane put together is like even if it's not, it, it's it, they make it look real. And then the whole thing on the plane with the guy shooting, the guy shooting—that's like, awful. The agent, it's it, awful. Yeah. Uh, so great. I mean, sorry that the part of the plan where the the turncoat agent has to kill all the other agents on the plane is like that's that's the riskiest part of the plan because he had to get three guys, didn't he? Sitting in his treasury yeah, plane. Yeah, he also didn't make. Well, he had to kill the, his two men plus the guy who was uh uh, uh what do you call it uh undercover right on board to like stop them. Yeah. But, like, he didn't finish them off. Like, you don't go and fucking give them a tap in the fucking forehead, you know, because that's what the, know. where the plan got derailed. Yeah, and then it also forced us to see that kind of... Th- the guy's, like, hanging out the back of his big plane. He's all shot and shit, and he's, like, sh- shooting their smaller plane. Um, and then, then once he's done, like, blasting their hydraulics, he turns around to face forward very lazily. He's almost like, ah, now that that's done, I'm going to have a nap and then turn this plane off autopilot. And then it explodes and he sees it exploding. He's like, ah, that part, that end part with him is garbage. I hate that. Oh yeah. That's (laughs) the other part of their plan that's a bit shite is they set a fucking, so their plan is pretty complicated. I mean, logistically it's difficult to cuck up those bags and get them from one plane to the other. They set a timer. They gave themselves a, a fucking deadline of five minutes so that plane was going to explode. That's crazy. Yeah, that's brave. They should have had a remote detonator. Who yeah. the fuck sets a timer on something like that? Yeah. That's a very good idea. Yeah. They could have turned it off, maybe. Yeah, like, that's crazy to set, like, a five-minute bomb. They could have just that's left it on... They could have left it on autopilot on a setting like out over the water because this is near Colorado in the Rockies, so it wouldn't have been impossible. Yeah, and then crashes. Yeah, if they blow it up, once the wreckage is found, they're going to find the black box. That thing doesn't get destroyed. And they're going to be like, oh, it abruptly blew into a million pieces in midair. Well, that's an explosion. (laughs) So that's not good. But I mean, they'd they'd be long gone by then anyway. So it's not like any of that matters. Really, this is the, the whole point was to get this crew of terrorists with no winter gear into the Rockies. And I think only one of the terrorists dies in their plane crash, the pilot or co-pilot. Um, which is pretty, pretty amazing feat. Pretty amazing. That was my, that was my biggest complaint is that they actually do all have winter gear. All of them. Oh. Every single one of them has I guess winter they, coat. Yeah, I guess they do. Yeah, I guess and they do. And where they came from looked sunny. Where they were coming from looked sunny, like California or something. <laughs> so it looked like they were coming from a warm climate weather, uh, a climate weather, and they all had winter snow gear for the mountains. Yeah. Like, did they all have boots, too? I'm pretty sure that one guy was kicking the shit out of Michael Rucker has, like, fucking, like, hiking boots. Yeah, he does have big like, mountain what, climbing how the boots. How these guys, how do these guys have all that fucking shit? Yeah, great totally point, prepared. great point. They're, they're equipped for some time in the mountains and maybe some walking, but they are not equipped for climbing in the mountains. Yeah, like, which, yeah. Like this, the the travel in this movie, the way that they move from peak to peak, from mountain to mountain, is like the last two seasons of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's it's my biggest problem with this movie is I have no idea where I'm at. Like from when when the chests fall out of the plane to where they crash could have been like 10 miles 
um, and you, oh, yeah. in oh, mountains, yeah. and you don't just walk like straight pathways and then decide to climb and then get back down and do all this shit oh. and then take his jacket and make him climb and his like none of that. It drove me crazy. I couldn't figure out where we were or what was going on. Yeah, that stuff kind of bugged me because I was like unrealistic. There's one scene later in the movie where the agent guy has that tracking device yeah and he like and the way that the shot goes he like looks at it he sees the beeps and then he looks up and there's a mountain like across the way <laughs> that it like it, that it like hints at you that's where the the bag is and then all of a sudden like quick cut quick cut he's there and i was like he would be full of fucking sweat and fucking it would have been like night and day and night and day again before he was able to get up there like no fucking way man yep it yep. just kills me that. Yeah, it should have taken place on one mountain, one that had like a couple of um, shacks or whatever um, that he could have hidden out on because he knew about them. And so, like maybe only one case of money. I know that kind of takes away some of the tension with having you could multiple have a, you cases. Could have a crevice. One yeah. of the bags could have fallen into one of those ice cave crevices. There could be a shack, and then another bag could be like hanging off of a cliff somewhere. And then right there, you've got three independent locations, and you can do a lot of the action around that same mountain. Yeah. Mountains are huge, man. Yeah. If anyone's ever been to like a real mountain. Yeah. And even even if you're using gear, I still think you go up accepted paths. And this movie like has none of that. Anywhere there are, they're like. All right, we're on this random ledge that looks like we're in a Lord of the Rings movie, and it's up above us. Go get it. I'm taking your coat. And then they give him a rope, and up he goes. It's it's. No, I don't think so. Yeah, what's he doing with that rope just by itself? Yeah, like, fucking lasso his way up there like a cowboy. <laughs> so, what do you guys think of Lithgow as Quaylen? For for our bad actually, guy. I actually think he's, to be honest, one of the worst parts of the movie <laughs> and i love john lithgow yeah i think his choices of this character and his performance and his accent and everything and his dialogue oh my god his dialogue is bad yeah he's he's too over the top in terms of being this evil evil guy like yeah, it, it's your yeah, yeah. this is just your late 80s early 90s typical former u.s agent turned rogue and he's so psycho as a rogue you're like he wouldn't even have been an agent at any point. Like, I know it takes a certain type of person to maybe take over a boat. Like, we saw that crazy guy in Under Siege. Like, take over a boat and, and indiscriminately kill people to achieve the mission's goal. But, like, Stranex, as a bad guy, even with his quirks, was a much more believable bad guy than, than Quaylen is in this movie. Because Quaylen is just driven by the objective. Like, there's there's not a lot of, like, actual thought that he puts behind this stuff like everything is just like the quickest route from here to the solution and then kill right yeah <laughs> yeah whereas the guy in, in the guy in um in under siege actually seems to be like a, a strategician i don't know what the fucking phrase is there but he's actually like thinking <laughs> through the problem he's like he's a he's a psycho yeah but he's clever he's and he's well thought out in his way of like like completing his objective whereas like quailin like that that uh, the agent grabs a thing and he like shoots it over to them and he's like, uh, it's got a code that changes every fifteen minutes and blah blah blah, and uh, and then Quaylen's like, bam, shoots the girl. He's like, well, 
now there's no other pilot so now we're partners again yeah I'm like isn't that girl his girlfriend yeah like, that's not <laughs> immediately kills her that's not forward thinking at all i'll kill the only pilot except for me that's a smart way to go because definitely yeah. we're both surviving i think like the thing with Quaylen is, is like, what the fuck is he going to do with that money? Like, he's not taking a vacation or buying some property and settling down. Like, the only thing that guy would be using money for is to, like, either get more money so he can start a war or just buy a nuke and kill everybody. But we're not given any of that. No background, no, like, except for, like, a couple of mentioned lines. Um, and then they, they feel like they have to fill his time being such a psycho but, like, who would follow someone like that? Where did he find his crew? Like, the character Leon plays is, like, completely crazy. Like, eager, eager to kill. And once again, these are bad guys. It's just... What are their motivations? Leon, is, Leon kills himself. He Because he, he could just leave and drop a bomb down that fucking crevice. Yeah. And then everything's done. And you eventually get your fucking 30 mil, whatever's in that last bag. Yep. And call it a day. But instead, he's got to go down there. And how he goes down there with the sliced open fucking shins. Yeah. And like, then he gets a stalactite Stallone. in his spine for his troubles. Okay, I want to talk about <laughs> how strong you got to be to fucking impale a guy upwards. Shoulder press. Fucking Stallone, Stallone's fucking shoulder press master of the world. Because he like presses the guy up. Gives him a good moment to look up and see what's coming and gra gather his strength. And then he's like, ah! It didn't even look that sharp. It kind of blunted at the end. That tore through Jesus. bone and flesh and organs like crazy. And how was Stallone not covered in gore? Oh, yeah. Well, that would because there's a lot of snow to wash up with. He would have saw and Jesse two seconds. So I know what was going on in there. And yeah, Jesse would have come in and been like, what the fuck happened to you? He'd be like, I just impaled that guy in the stalactite. He was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I should. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. <laughs> I filled the guy on the stalactite. Now I'm bloodthirsty. <laughs> You can't you can't like, work with professionals who are so hellbent on murder like that, like itching to kill people that like even if you're psycho, the mission has to prevail and missions don't go well when you just start killing everybody you see. All 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 of the bad guys in this movie do monologuing when they're gonna kill somebody. Like with Michael Rucker too, that guy with the Have you ever played soccer? I played soccer. And it's just like a oh, football. He wouldn't football. call it soccer. No, he calls it he soccer. He does call it soccer. I think you're right. He does call it Maybe soccer, it was for yeah. Rooker's benefit. He's like, if I say football, you won't know what I mean. So I play soccer. <laughs> I'm a striker. Yeah. yeah, that shit's all bad. And once again, it's just monologuing so that he Rooker can kill him. Which same is with the, same with Stallone and that guy, whatever that guy's name was. What did you guys call him? Leon. Yeah. Leon. Yeah. That's same his name, same yeah. thing. That guy's talking the whole time where he could have killed him, talking about killing his girlfriend or oh she's a piece of ass or something like that. Yeah. That like shit. And yeah. They should have been doing stuff like that. Yeah. That obvious guy, interview really question should have been: Would you rather kill a guy or have thirty million dollars? <laughs> oh, kill like, a guy. Oh, Kill a guy, of course. Absolutely. Like, okay, well, you can't come. Wait, now, can, can I monologue before I kill him? Yeah, okay, I'll kill the guy. Kill the guy. <laughs> kill the guy that, every time. That, that is what they do good in Die Hard before, like, that, that this movie tried to do, but they do shittily is, like, when people are trying to fight each other or killing each other, they say shit to each other. 
like they trash talk each other during the fight, like Bruce Willis with that long haired guy, yeah. where he's slapping him in the face, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you, I'm gonna cook you, I'm gonna eat you, or whatever." But he's like fighting the guy. He's not like he's not like walking around the guy saying something and then doing something and then walking around and then saying something. Yeah, like that type of shit. The the yeah. monologuing needs to occur when the players are sh- or the the two characters are showing off, like showing down before it gets into it. They can monologue all they want, and then if one is kicking the shit out of the other and actively talking smack, that works. But you can't have three different characters in a movie have the upper hand to the point of having like gun in the mouth, and then you're like, now I'm gonna tell you a story about football and fucking bitches yeah. and whatever else, and then I get killed by something else. That's, like once is fine if you have the cocky bad guy, but everyone on their crew is like happy to monologue before yeah, they dealt the can, killing yeah. blow. You, they all feel unheard. That's why. <laughs> yeah, you can do it once, but like they should, they shouldn't. It, it, then it makes them all seem like the generic same bad guy. Yeah. So yeah. it's like bad writing. Like everybody is the same cocky. Like t- t- doesn't too cocky to they know what's good for them. Like gets killed because of their cockiness. Yeah, yeah, you can have one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone else should be like lack self confidence and like doesn't feel like yeah. they, anybody wants yeah, to really yeah. hear the monologue. Like I'm just yeah, gonna kill you because you don't want to hear me anyways. Yeah, yeah. embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. what their thoughts. I'm so stupid. Are. I'm so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna brag about my. I'm not gonna brag about how I won a karate trophy while I killed somebody because <laughs> I shouldn't have won. I don't even know how I won that karate. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's a big weak point. Yeah. It's fucking Stallone has the worst tagline in the fucking action universe either with the, remember to keep your arms and legs in the vehicle at all times. <laughs> and the fucking chopper falls. <laughs> he kicks the guy over the edge and he falls into the chopper around the edge yeah. so that the catchphrase makes sense. <laughs> worst fucking thing in the action history. Dude, your uh, song wasn't bad there either. You and John both do better songs than me. I don't know why I was doing Well, that might be my only impression one. that I'm capable of is Stallone because <laughs> I'm fucking garbage at everything else. <laughs> so the the other um, Travers, the, the, the turncoat agent, his motivations are kind of lacking for me as well because like, this seemed it, it wasn't like he was being blackmailed into this. He just kind of turned for the money. So then I was left yeah. with a whole bunch of questions of how he hooked up with Quaylen how privy was he to some of the information of the plan? Because it was pretty obvious that Quaylen was just going to kill him the first chance he got. So how the hell did, did Travers get winged into doing this? There was not even yeah. like a, my mom is sick and I need the money or desperation. It was just pure. I've worked to a senior position in the treasury enough that they would trust me yeah. with transporting this money. So I'm like on my way up in this. And he wasn't that old. The guy was like 40 maybe in this movie. Um, and he's like, yeah, but the hundred million bucks is too, too tempting. I'm turning coat. Like I needed a bit more of a reason for someone on the inside to turn like that. Just not to become yeah. another generic bad guy who you can tell he's the low man on the terrorist totem pole, but he is there fucking trying to kill everybody he can as well. Okay. So he's like a super pivotal part of their plan. And for some reason they don't seem to engage him as a true partner. He is... Like, none of this goes on without him, and there's never a part that it seems like they're not willing to just kill him and dispose of his body right away. Yeah. So, like, what what buy-in does he have to get involved in this? Like, the money, of course, but it, would you join in a plan if these guys, like, 
seem to begrudgingly accept that you're part of the fucking plan and you see how fucking bloodthirsty and murderous they all are like they all got to be planning their fucking diatribes in the fucking back room and they're like all right we got the plan and everyone's like all right i'm a fucking striker and i fucking like soccer yeah kill everybody <laughs> and then like he's like i don't have fucking one of these i'm just a want money it none of that shit it works for me um he's he's got to be more part of the fucking group or like you said He's got to have some kind of a motivation for fucking wanting to turn like sick mom or he's been turned passed over by the fucking by the agency or something too many times. I don't fucking care. He wants hair implants for all I give a fuck. Just give me <laughs> some reason why he's risking life and limb against these fucking psychopaths that clearly don't want him there. Yeah, like a, 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 a treasury agent who wants to turn rogue for some money doesn't necessarily fit with partnering with a complete psychopath unpredictable psycho untrustworthy psycho like where how did they ever shake hands on that deal what how did that ever happen when did they meet who bridged the conversation and like because like it must have been him knowing because the inside information so he would have been like i'll approach him and get him to get his terrorist people and luckily he knows a pilot and some other things too so like at least in under siege which is kind of like our staple of all these movies are the best one they explained that like Silly enough, but Stranex's specialty was like taking over vessels. Um, yeah. So then you, set that up. you might ask some, you might be like, how the fuck? That's a pretty specific spe area of specialization that then the government would want him dead over. But at least they had that. If they had said that Quaylen was an expert at hijacking airplanes in the air, maybe then, and, and maybe the Travers taught the course on counterterrorism for plane takeovers. And then they ended up getting together because they had a show and tell one day with the good guys and the bad guys. I don't know yeah. what I just said makes no sense, but it's more than what we were given here. So let's go with it. Yeah. Yeah. You need something. You can't just go along with this the way it is. No. Yeah. It seems like they like don't know each other and hate each other's guts. And like, it doesn't make any sense. So, Why you would never risk your career, your life, your reputation, and go to jail maybe for like the rest of your life with a guy that you can't stand and you barely know. Yeah. And it's yeah, clearly and a no seething sense. psychopath. Like yeah. Lithgow could barely fucking utter a sentence without like breathing heavily. <laughs> He's so fucking angry. And it's saying the word murder. <laughs> Murder. <laughs> yeah, and like the whole thing with him killing his girlfriend and stuff because she's a pilot and stuff is terrible. Yeah. Once again, he's just like, it just seems so un over the top and unbelievable. That chick makes horrible choices in dating. Like, that never fucking came up in a relationship before that he had that inside of him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they haven't done things like this before where he's like gone off the handle and killed his own people. Like, yeah, the first time. A psycho kills someone in his own crew. The entire crew has to doubt their standing in the in the in the posse. And, yeah. and did, it, did it was there any action that you guys thought was really good in this movie? I don't know. It's an all, action movie. There wasn't it, like a ton of great action. Like it's all tension, where, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but like the stuff where he's like sliding down the hill and Sloan's like pushing that guy's face into the snow, and he's like. Aah! And then, like, yes, like, jump off and like get his get his hook into the thing before he falls off, or, or you know, like the scene where uh, the, the, at the end where he's under the water and the guy's like shooting at him and he shoots him with his uh, what did he shoot him with? It's uh, like the gun or something. What was no, that? it's the, the air gun. Yeah, it shoots it's things the in the spike, mountain. The, yeah, 
shoots the spikes into the mountains, he shoots them through the ice and whatever. Like, was there any, did you guys like any of the action? Like, this is an action movie. We have, No one said anything about the action. Like, I know. about the action and demolition, man. But, like, where's the fucking action for this action movie? It's not, like, a ton of great action, like, the fight in the cavern, the explosion. It's just not good. It's not all like no, good it's shit. Not, it's not memorable. No one has guns. When no one else has guns. So it's basically bad guys shooting at good guys, good guys running away, bad guys shooting, missing, good guys running away. There's never a gun fight or... I'll tell you who does have a gun at the end, totally fucking spoils it, is Michael Rooker has a shotgun and from like 400 yards shoots at the helicopter and with two... He's got two bullets left and then he goes, ba-bam, ba-bam, and then he's like, done. Uh. It never helps anything. <laughs> Why the fuck did you not even try to get closer before helping? Like, yeah. I get that he's a mountain man, but being up there, you probably have a shotgun, fucking scare bears away, or fucking get dinner, or yeah. whatever the fuck. You've shot a shotgun before. You know your buckshot's not fucking propelling across a football field to take down a helicopter. Yep. And it never fucking helps. Take it out. It's fucking bullshit. And then uh, the action of the helicopter being attached to the fucking ladder and going down, and they keep showing cuts of the ladder. But it'll be like a cut of a obviously loose ladder dangling over. Yeah. No. And then it'll be like a cut of a fucking of an already broken fucking bolt on the ladder. And I'm like, why is that fucking interesting <laughs> to me? I know it broke off of that already. We saw it. It's fucking. I don't yeah. know. The, like, like that's the thing is that the action for me is all about the tension in the moments between the action. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like that is where the true excitement is. Like in the beginning, when we talk about the beginning scene, right? That's not action. That's tension and all set up. Mm -hmm. And he's like holding her, and it's like, is she gonna make it? Is she not? What's happening? And I'm excited and I'm bought in. But after that, like the action is like the football player just kicking the shit out of Michael Rooker, Leon kicking the shit out of fucking uh, Stallone oh. until he gets fucking raged and fucking impales him on the upwards uh, bullshit. Yeah. Like all the action in here is just seems to be one directional. So, but those are those. Yeah, they it totally. But actually, those are. I mean, that's all. Like, it doesn't really work for an action movie. But I do like that they never make Stallone. Like that guy's a trained killer, right? He's like yeah. a fucking. And so Stallone's never a match for that guy, even though he's big and strong and stuff. He does end up using his strength to kill him, but. Yeah. But like, and uh, so like, I do like how they make, you know, these guys ill-equipped to fight these guys hand to hand and stuff like that. But at least they don't, you know, they don't they don't make them and you know, because a lot of movies, the the hero or the good guy will be able to fight people he should never be able to fight. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think but, Stallone actually ever picks up a gun in this, does he? No, he never does. He just uses That's that right. like little. Uh, Mountain shooting yeah, gun, yeah. spike shooting gun. What is it? A hilti? Is it just like a little nail gun? I fucking kind of. Yeah, it shoots. A, it shoots a, a circular bolt into the rock face so that they can yeah. attach a rope to it. So it would have to have some and, kind of charge. I'm not sure it could shoot through ice and into and, a guy's and chest. And when he's under the ice, when he's under the ice, he shoots the guy with it through the ice. I bet no, I'd buy that then because it's those like hilties that you use to like drive nails into concrete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They have they have gun shells in them, but it's like less than it's, it's less a than bullet. a twenty two. I think it's like a twenty two shell in those. Oh, maybe it's driving a nail into concrete, right? Yeah. So if you got that, yeah. it's yeah. like probably like a shotgun shell mm. sized charge in there to shoot it into a mountain. Jesus Christ! Maybe that might be like the best action part. Actually, is when he does that. 
Yeah, it's it's I guess none of the it was actions. Unexpected. I didn't see it coming, and it's it's believable enough. And yeah, it's not a duel. yeah, that wasn't the worst for sure. And you know, I guess none of it is the particularly music. none of it's particularly memorable. The action. No, the music is really bad. I, I know the music. It's like that. <laughs> Terrible. Whoever did the music is thumbs down. It's like supposed to be this big, grand, like music. It's really bad. Yeah, Trevor yeah. Jones did the music, um, and it yeah, was yeah. He fucked that up. D- directed he by was composer Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. So Rennie well, Rennie Harlan. <laughs> Rennie Harlan Rennie did this. Harlan yeah, and he also did. <laughs> He did Die Hard 2, the worst Die Hard. He did the worst Die Hard. He did A Long Kiss Goodnight uh, with Gina Davis. Uh, he was married He was married to Gina Davis at the time. Yeah, Rennie Harlan was not a good director. Do you know what's super funny is that he apparently turned this down the first time because he didn't want to make another Die Hard 2. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and then he was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I went up again. again. And Stallone co-wrote the screenplay on this. Did he? Yeah. Yep. That's it's no fucking Rocky. No, but no, th- but, no not no. But th- I mean, yeah, yeah, that's crazy. This movie made what? so much money. This movie made two hundred and fifty-five million off of a seventy million dollar budget. Wow. So it does look the photography. I'll give Lenny Holland his due. He does a really good job. Like they actually shot in the mountains and stuff, and the aerial photography and all that shit looks good. I mean, there's some definitely some big production value, and uh, yeah. he tried to shoot. But like at the end of the day, the writing fails it. The writing, I don't think the directing is as big of a problem as the writing. Yeah. No. He, shoot, he was shooting the script he was given. I mean, the action director was bad. He was shooting that, the script that, that, that he... writing was bad. Stallone was acting in a movie that he wrote, so there's no excuse for that. Like, it seems like, and, and I think we talked a bit about this last time with Demolition Man, was that th- this movie was written around an idea instead of the, 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 the mountain stuff being the backdrop of the movie. It ended up being, like, the whole movie had to be about working things into the whole mountain theme. And it just, it's, there's too much that they wanted to do with such a, a kind of a... Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the, uh, what's it called? What's the second Indiana Jones called? Oh, Temple the Temple of Doom. Temple of it's, Doom. The te- it's the Temple of Doom flaw, because in the Temple of Doom, the original Raiders of the Lost Ark, they had all these scenes they did, they had to take out of the movie because it didn't fit, like them jumping out of a plane in a, a whitewater raft, or them, like, riding mine cars, and none of that worked. So they took it out, and they basically just took all those ideas, and they made a second movie around those fucking stunts and ideas. And yeah. that's why the Temple of Doom sucks. Anytime that that's how you go about writing a screenplay, like, you're like, I got all these ideas, so I'll just write a script around, like, somehow they're going to end up in a plane, they're going to jump over the whitewater raft, we'll just figure that out. That's bad screenwriting. And yeah. that's what this and Demolition Man do both. <clears throat> they have some ideas of what they want to do, and then they, like, just try and push the story toward them having to do those things. Yeah, and then you throw Stallone into the mix, who's a big imposing guy, and he's got his action stuff, and then they have to be like, oh, this will be, he'll lift him up into a stalactite and p- press him up yeah, there, because that's realistic. It's, it's got to be about the characters. Once it stops being about the characters and starts being about, like, stunts or things, 
then it just like becomes uh, an exercise in like like futility. It's not good. Yeah, and a lot oh, of these the action movie. movies, we, a lot of these action movies we've been talking about do the exact same thing: Demolition Man, uh, Running Man, uh, Total Recall. Yeah. Uh, they do those things too. Yeah, they do. They do. And it's funny, we were just talking about that mountain climbing gun being the like the one thing that maybe was the most believable, and apparently that's the most criticized element of the mountain climbing in this movie. That's not at all how that oh. gun is supposed to work. <laughs> okay, well, I had no idea. So. Yeah, that, I wouldn't know. Sense, I wouldn't know either. No, I was actually wondering when I was watching how realistic the mountain... It, climbing side of it was. I know they had real climbers and shit like that helping out on the movie, but like, oh yeah, they probably had a ton. They eh? told him to fuck yeah. off uh, for that scene. But I mean, that's always, <laughs> it's always so funny. It's always so funny too. When I was a kid, I had this friend named Dave, and his father was a firefighter. And uh, and when that movie Backdraft came out, everyone was like so excited about Backdraft, and I just remember him being like, "Backdraft is bullshit." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" He's like, "It's all bullshit," and. Uh, so it's just like it's so funny to me. Like that's that's how it happens. Like people from an industry of mountain climbing would be like, "Cliffhanger is the stupidest movie in the world." I think that's how it goes for anybody with with a specialization in an area that a movie is made of because they always dramatize it, and and, yeah, and yeah, the large audience don't understand like us. Like, what the fuck do we know? I climbed a fake wall one time, right? I don't know anything about <laughs> mountain climbing. Yeah. Jesus, they could do every like they use the ropes and it looks to me like they're using a rope and fucking whatever. Like I can't criticize anything in the movie. No, yeah. And the thing with back, his backdrop complaints were that they were always running into fires without masks on. And the reason why they're doing the reason why they're doing that is so you can see the actors' faces and they can act right. They can't act. You can't tell who's who if they're all wearing the same mask. Yeah, and you can't have dialogue and stuff. So. Yeah. yeah, I oh, mean, I some of that stuff you have to do, like you say, like you need to see the actors and stuff like that. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Sometimes things need to be changed for dramedies. Well, drama but so stage, the, right? a, the Abyss is a perfect example. Like James Cameron went about it where they spent a shit ton of money on brand new diving gear where they was lit up and you could see their faces. So um, I guess in some cases there's ways around it. Yeah. But I never, ever felt like there was stuntmen. I, you know what? That never crossed my mind. Not once in this movie. So maybe they did that well. Did I ever go, that's a stuntman and not Stallone? That's not those people. That's stuntmen. I, that never, I never crossed my mind. Yeah. Well, the stuntman did that guys- plays Stallone apparently had to eat like four or five meals a day and work out aggressively to get to the shape where he could represent Stallone in the movie. <sighs> Fucking- oh, really? Oh, yeah. The director even, apparently, Renny Harlan, like, wanted him to wake up in the middle of the night and eat another, like, carb load. Because, <laughs> like, just needed to get so fucking bulked to, to represent Stallone, right? So they do a good job of it. Because there is, there is a handful of climbers that I was reading about that were on this um, to do these yeah, stunts. Yeah, been, yeah. And, like, yeah, crazy like, shit. Never... Like, these guys deserve a lot of kudos, actually. Because, like, Renny Harlan criticized in one part that you could see the ropes um while they were climbing uh-huh. so they so the climbers did it with no ropes they were all free climbing and wow. stuff like that in these different scenes so that you wouldn't see yeah. that stuff like think about now you'd have cgi like clean enough to oh, fucking yeah. take out any ropes right yeah you just have but all back then ropes. you either the needed to do like... it or not do it yeah so yeah 
Yeah, you just have you. They just be using fluorescent green ropes today, I and mean, they'll yeah. be fine. They take them out instantly. No, yeah. it's really cool. Like that part of the movie, they did really well because, like, just I've seen this movie a couple times, and not once did I. Because tons of action, other action movies, like we did, uh, whatever we did with uh, John Claude Van Damme, Fire Target. There's oh, so many God. times where I saw the stuntman and not him, especially now in high depth. On oh, a yeah. gigantic TV, you can clearly see that that is not oh, him. Yeah. It is oh. so obvious, but not that didn't even cross my mind during this movie one time. Yeah. It never even came up. I want to. Rem- no, do you know? I want to remember. Sorry. I just want to quickly say I want to remember a story for when we do. Um, we had talked about when we were going to review Predator. And I want to do it coming up um, whenever we have some time. But um, oh. because I saw an interview where Jean-Claude Van Damme was supposed to be the Predator in the movie. What? Yeah. So they had created a specific suit for him and put put him That's on stilts. Weird. They had to cover him in this like um, material to, 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 to build the, the alien shell around. And so he had to be like coated in this non-breathable material and be in stilts. And then there was one scene apparently where the predator was jumping from one ledge down and he was like, no, I won't do this. So he quit. They got another stuntman in who apparently went through and was hurt badly on the movie set. And then they scrapped that whole predator costume and went with a different one. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So I had no idea JCVD was supposed to be a predator. Um, but the what other the I never heard fucking that. trailers have looked like that. They'd be like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is whatever guy. Alien. And Jean-Claude Van Damme is the Predator. Yeah. <laughs> that would have to be funny if the Predator looked the same, but when it talked, it had Jean-Claude Van Damme's accent. Yeah. And another, another Predator with Ernie's voice. <laughs> Too funny. I got to take a shower. Let's kill these guys. Um, so we, we had joked last time about maybe that Demolition Man might be a decent candidate for some kind of a reboot, as long as they don't hold at all to the original material or actors. What would you guys think of Cliffhanger being sequelized or remade? I mean, I don't think this would need to be sequeled or remade, but I think you could do another mountain movie better. Because like, the thing about this is that it's not all bad. Right, like like Colin said, they do an excellent job of giving you a sense of place. Right, like as far as being in the mountain, I feel like I'm in the mountain. But as far as this story needing to happen again, yeah, zero chance for me. Well, I think though, I think it's more honestly. I think it's more if you had a, you could have had the script be every scene exactly the same. If you would have better dialogue, like with better motivations and better acting. Like this could have, and like this could have been okay. Yeah. Like it, it's the acting and the dialogue because you like n- the motivations aren't believable, and none of the characters seem that realistic. Especially the bad guys. If you have a bad villain, I mean, right away the movie is fucking not good. Yeah. Like you, you spend the time. It doesn't take much at the start, like we talked about earlier, to let you know that that crew, the mountain, the, the ranger, whatever they're called, their crew is tight. They're joking, they're rescuing someone, but they're giving each other shit and talking about fucking each other. That's the best dialogue in the it, whole fucking movie. Yeah, and if you get anything close to that with the bad guy crew, then they would be a lot more successful, but but you don't. And instead, you get these, I don't know, played out, Gary Sinise, played out shit. Gary Sinise and Tommy Lee Jones are both super over the top in, um, in Under Siege. But you believe what, why they're doing what they're doing, and it works. Yeah, because it gives you their space. backstory. It gives you enough of their backstory. Yeah. yeah. And they 
and they just say a little thing or two for you to understand why they're doing it. He fucking hates the captain and, like, fuck the military. And then you're like, oh, this guy's, like, fucking had it with, like, his job and his standing and his captain. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, fuck this. I'm going to make some money out of this. That's all you needed for Gary Sinise. And Tommy Lee Jones. You, you like, see, you see, yeah, yeah not Sinise. That would have been funny see, with Sinise. <laughs> yeah, Gary, do you see? And then Tommy Lee Jones is like, you guys tried to fucking kill me? Fuck you. I'm, I got your ship. I'm stealing your shit. Yeah. And then they're like, yeah, we did try and kill that guy. That's it. That's all you need. You and, need those little teeny bit, tiny bit things. And both okay, of their so, backgrounds are in what they're doing. So he is the XO of a ship. He could steal a ship. This guy has a specialization in stealing ships. He could steal it. I don't get any of that with this. It's like these guys just he, are cr- kill crazy people who want money, and they can also fly planes and choppers. Yeah. Do you think a different actor, though, could do this? Because they were considering Christopher Walken for the Lithgow role. And I actually think that that would be an improvement. And I like Lithgow, too. I'm not trying to say that I don't, but in this movie, I think he's a little too much. And I think Walken might have been a fucking... Walken's got that serial killer vibe anyway. Do you know? You would have had to to change the script and stuff, though, too. Not just the actors, but yeah, Walken could have... What are we doing in these mountains? Do you you know what... Do you know what real love is, Crystal? Uh, Sacrifice. Wow. But plant. Um, so in 1994, they start. They this movie was so big. Obviously, they wanted to do a sequel. They thought about doing one called The Dam, or better titled Cliffhanger <laughs> Two: The Dam, which would have had Gabe fighting against terrorists who took over Hoover Dam. So fuck that noise. How did that even like get written down anywhere? That's awful. Then they wanted to do a remake in 2009 um, where they had actually maybe penned someone to write the script that was supposed to be done around a little after that in 2014. And then in 15, Stallone said he wanted to do a sequel. Uh, and now in 19, last year, they're talking about, oh, well, let's let's redo Cliffhanger, but with a female lead because that'll make the movie way better. That shit's so dumb. And like, Just this, guy's not a, this guy's not a serialized superhero type of guy. Like... It makes sense for John McClane because he's a cop. And, like, you could see him stumbling into this action twice. But a fucking search and rescue guy just happening to fucking be the hero in the dam now, like, is the dumbest fucking idea. Don't redo <laughs> this movie with a female. Make a different movie where the female is a fucking so, Yeah, hero. it's so anti... We talked about this before. It's so anti-feminist, in my in my view, to, to be like... We're just going to take a, a guy movie and put a woman in it and you're going to be the star. It would be like, it would be like you, you, you didn't get the job because you're good or because we like you. You got the job because you're just a woman. So here's the fucking job. It's, it's offensive. It's like yeah. we wrote this great script where there's a woman lead and he, you get to be in it. That's different. That's not the same thing as we're going to do Ghostbusters, but with girls. Yeah. Fuck yeah. you. It's like how Weinstein would think he's being progressive. Yeah, yes, and the yeah. ocean, the new like oceans totally movie too. Progressive way of being progressive. The oceans yeah. movie too, like that. It just you could have had a heist movie about some f- smart females, but no, you got to throw down and, the Danny Ocean sister and all the other bullshit. And, and those are all great actresses too. Yep. Which is so insulting. Like, how are they interested in being involved in that project? Those are all great Dollars actresses. Makes sense, I guess. I yeah, guess, it doesn't I mean, make any so sense. Hard. I mean, it's so hard for anything to get made these days that when they're like, we got the green light and here's a bag of money and we're going to make it. I mean, everyone's just like, okay. Yeah. But if you, if you told me that you wanted me to be in the guy's version of Bridesmaids, I'd fucking jump on it in a day, even though it's a dumb <laughs> idea. I Give me money and I'll fucking do that. 
But yeah, I understand why the actors are doing it, but I don't understand why the producers and writers and everyone else is even getting past the conceptual stage. That guy should be laughed out. The guy that's in a room and says, why don't we do Ghostbusters with women? And then people are like, you're fired. Yeah, you're fired. Gary, you're fired. Fucking useless. Bullshit idea. Yep. Got a little carried away, but yeah, don't do fucking cliffhanger with a woman, please. Who who wants to call it for cliffhanger? Colin, I think it's been a while since you went first. It's just the writing is the writing and the acting fail here. Like they they spend so much money and it does look good. I mean, like and a lot of like they this could have once again we've said this a couple times. This could have been something. Yeah, this could have like there's things there's there the ideas are there do make a good movie and like people obviously went out and saw it because they did a good let's put it stallone was in it he was popular at the time and they had a good trailer it's a beautiful looking movie and they just fucking they did the writing and the acting just dropped the ball i mean no these are good actors the writing is just bad i mean they and they couldn't do it they couldn't they couldn't pull it off no and the ending is schlocky there's a lot of schlocky shit in this too yeah, too much, too much one-liners and all that. What do you, what do you say? So, I mean, the conflict feels fake and forced between Rucker. It feels fake and forced between Quaylen and Travers. All the conflict feels manufactured and forced and fake between him and his girlfriend. Like everybody's like mad at each other, but the conflict doesn't feel real. It just, it just doesn't. Like it's more interesting when people don't say shit to their faces. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Like, the conflict, there's a conflict between Theo and the blonde haired bad guy in Die Hard. Yeah. There's a very, they, those guys don't like each other. They don't, nothing ever comes of it, but they're like, we're betting against each other that, um, that Hans is going to kill that guy and they like trade money and stuff. But there's a little animosity between, um, also that guy and his brother, too, the blonde haired guy and his brother. Yeah. They have conflict and they don't get along. But it's not like where they like say it to each other's faces and stuff. Yeah. That's what this whole movie is. Travis and Quaylen just like are so open and honest about how much they hate each other. He's like, <laughs> I hate you, Quaylen. And Quaylen's like, we're going to kill you pretty soon. <laughs> He's like, fuck you. You will not. Yes, we will. No, you won't. That's every scene between Travis and Quaylen. Like, that is so unbelievable. No one would tell, say the shit they're saying to each other. We're going to betray you as soon as we get the money. Yeah. He's like, he comes over on the plane. He's like, why didn't you send the bags first? And he fucking, Travers says, because you aren't going to wait for me if I sent the money. How the fuck did he get in bed with the. Yes, that's that's my point from earlier. Yeah, that scene is the first. (laughs) The first time. (laughs) The first time they speak is like, you aren't going to wait for me. You're going to steal the money and fuck me. And yeah. He's like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. You were. We are going to do that. Good yeah, thing, smart. Good thing, smart. Good thing I have Not this good. proprietary scanner that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that scanner? Talk about... We didn't talk about that. Talk about bad technology in movies. How did they find anything with that shitty scanner? Yeah. It's just not how any of that works. Like it, it was no. so amazing at like getting the 3D view of where they were and then zooming in on a dot and somehow they're like it's over there. It's like what? That doesn't fucking make any sense. Yeah, no, this movie is not good. So anyways, Brent, or John, who goes next? Brent can go. Right. Um Yeah, I mean it doesn't hold up. It's not a it's not a it's not an unenjoyable watch. 
right? Like I like, and the thing for me that I really like is that this movie is so bright and vivid and beautiful in the setting that it's like, like I said, like it gives you that sense that you're kind of there and it's enjoyable and, you know, decent fucking experience to like sit down and watch it because it's, I don't know, it's got this vastness that's kind of like the scope of it makes it feel better than it is, I guess, because of the beauty of the landscape. I don't know. But the writing and the fucking characters, like I think this movie could have been improved by a fucking margin mm-hmm. if, if somebody just sat down at the beginning and did motivation for the characters. Especially just the bad sit guys, down, yeah. Especially the bad guys. Well, uh, pretty much the bad guys entirely because the good guys are a little fleshed out. You understand who everyone is there, right? They're just, yeah. But the bad yeah. guys is just like, they're like, if anyone asked them, like, what's this guy's motivation? Why are they doing this? Money. Like, it needs to go deeper than that. It needs to be, I need to know who they are, how they feel about each other. If they fucking hate that agent and he's on the bad side, that's probably a new development. Otherwise, I can't see this this plan developing through fruition. So show me something um, that gives me an indication of who they are. Take away all the monologuing, mm. put some motivation in there. And I bet you that a lot of this, even without, like we're saying, the, the memorable action, I bet you that this movie is fixed. By a bunch. Yeah, it, it, it could. Yeah, uh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but but no, I no, no, that's I don't know that I have a lot more. That's that's really where I'm at with it. I think that the movie struggles in, in those areas primarily, and I think that those are quick fixes. And if you just patch those holes, I think that the movie right away becomes a better watch. Does it become a hold up with those with those fixes? Do you think? Yeah, maybe because a big part of me is that it feels hollow. Like the movie has no substance as far as like the characters just wanting money, 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 money. Like you become a lemming at that point, and it's not interesting to watch you just, just unintelligibly pursue this fucking money goal. Like that's never the fucking thing for me, right? Yeah. And then if you give these characters like like if you fix the writing and their dialogue, and you give them a little bit better motivation, right there the action isn't even that big of a thing because then you have a little bit more of like a, a better dramatized fucking concept. Yeah. That's what my problem is with the setup and stuff too because because they're always putting people like it's it's the writers the, it's, it's not that the writers are necessarily bad writers. They're bad in the, the structure and the way they're setting up the story because they're forcing themselves to write impossible scenes with with. So, so when Stallone shows up after six months and has to talk to Jesse, no one in the world is going to be able to write a good scene without explain log because nobody knows what's going on. So all the dialogue is going to be like, you left me six months ago and you never came back. He's like, well, I was, I was in pain. I was in pain. I had to leave. <laughs> like no one can, no one, no, no writer can write those scenes because they're terrible. So you don't put yourselves in the situation where you have to write those scenes. Yep. You put yourself in a situation where you don't, and it's the same with the bad guys. Now, every one of those scenes, is I could not write those scenes. No one could write those scenes good. So you don't put yourself in the scenes where you have to explain shit all the time. If you have yeah. to do that, the, the, about the only way I can accept when something like that is done is if the whole intro scene happens and he drops her, and then as she like splats on the ground, the titles come up cliffhanger. And then the credit sequence starts, and then you either use slats on the ground. Well, I, you don't necessarily need that, but from from wherever you show Sly hanging upside down with that disappointed look on his face, then you use the credit sequence to cover this eight month period and like tragic accident. I don't know if it's news clippings or whatever. I'm not very creative this morning, but tragic accident, blah blah blah, no charges laid, and then some something to like 
something to give you an indication of what's happened so that when the, the movie reconvenes, it doesn't have to be explain a log. Well, so, so when he comes back to see his girlfriend to get his stuff, uh, when, what I would have done is as soon as he pulls up and she sees him pulling up, you could have those guys in the, in the vehicle, the, the kind of the hippie, crazy guys who are skydivers. You could have those guys doing the conversation with him between the cars so you know he's been gone a long time. That's set up already. They do that actually quite well. But then when he gets to Jesse, Jesse should have already known he was coming and says, I got your stuff packed up. It's like, it's in the back. And then he's like, okay. And so you know that like he's come to get his stuff and she knew he was coming to get his stuff and they have been communicating, but they're ending their relationship. Instead, you have them say all of that to each other in dialogue, which you don't need. If, he, if the audience knows he's come to pick up his shit, that's all they need to know. They know their relationship's ending because of what fucking happened a couple of months ago, and he hasn't been around. But but then, instead, you have, like, this faux, like, I haven't seen you in six months. Now we have to talk about it. Yeah. It's just it's just, it's just bad, and it's the same with the bad guys, too. Yeah. The bad guys could have been super professional, and they could him and Travis could have not been mad at each other, like, the whole time, and that could have grown over, like, the course of them having to get the money, the animosity stuff could have gotten thicker and thicker and thicker. But instead, they, they hit the they hit the level of they hate each other right away. Instantly. Instantly. Yeah. And then, and so then there's nowhere to go. You're already at, I hate you, I hate you. So where is there to go? There's nowhere to fucking go. No, and they never what reconcile. Like, so it's not like they start there and then end up finding an affinity and working well together as a bad guy crew. And yeah. they're the last two and yeah. they're like painting their faces and be like, we're going to have to get this motherfucker. But instead it's, yeah, you're right. You're, they plateau on the first scene they're on screen together. It's like, yeah. okay, and great. Thanks for that. Jesse and Stallone too. Like they should have not been able to talk about it with each other. He was just going to come get the shit. And then same with Wooker and Stallone. They like, if Wooker sees Stallone look, and Wooker like could look, begrudgingly let Stallone come with him to help the people, but never have that conversation about the girl until later. And then they yeah. could actually, it could be like a, a lot of silence between them. And then eventually when the shit's getting really bad, they have a conversation about it. And he's like, I never blamed you or whatever. And he's just like, why well, I blame myself. And then you had somewhere to go, like there's yeah. silence. And then they like slowly build up to the conversation. Instead, you have the conversation as soon as they meet each other. Yeah. And then where is there to go for their relationship anymore? It's not. Yeah. Then Looker just somehow like, they never even talk about it either. Looker just forgives him because they get kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> there's nothing, nothing settled. Yeah. No, it never goes. That, that whole thing, the whole brilliant setup that they do in the beginning with the girl dying goes nowhere. Yeah. 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 It, it, it's really for that five minute scene of them not going up the mountain together. That's it. That's all it sets up instead of being this cathartic, growing, learning, changing moment where they they discuss like their shortcomings and the problems. And, and the fact that Rooker would get in Stallone's face and Stallone's response would be, I deserve it. I did drop her like that would make for some really interesting themes in the movie, because how do you hate someone who hates himself? And it could have like yeah. done the, the path to reconciliation, but no, I get the sense they're going for a beer and all is forgotten. Um, and not yeah, to, not not even probably, including yeah. the the traumatic murder of their old commander in chief, that old man from the thing who just gets brutally murdered. <laughs> While it also, gives, <laughs> it also gives the audience expectations that they they are going to eventually talk about it. So whenever you see them together, you're like, oh my god, is this the time they're going to talk about it? 
Like, oh my God, or like, is this going to finally come out? So the audience is like waiting and like there's tension building for them to like have that conversation. Like instead they get it over right away, which is super weird. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm writing a script right now where, where, where one of the characters finds out that the other character is, is like cheating on his wife, like a bunch. And he, he's not going to have that con. The next scene's not going to be him having that conversation with that other character. Because then, where am I to go? Then yeah. There's nowhere to fucking go. Yeah. You cannot. Then, then what? What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Why did you like, write that in? If you're going to just resolve yeah. the discussion the next scene, it doesn't yeah, make sense. You can't resolve shit that quickly. No. You gotta like, and people don't have those conversations with each other either. It's also unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Like people don't generally like conflict. They avoid conflict. So yep. they like passively aggressively act out against one another. So they don't have to have those conflicts. Yep, that is true. Um, Someone should have told the screenwriter these things. <laughs> well, which would be Stallone himself. So it'd be weird to write a movie and then act in it yourself, because you would be you'd be more you'd be less likely to change for the good of the story, because you'd be thinking maybe more about your character and how he's going to appear on yeah. screen. Um, I got nothing new to say from what you guys added for for my ending. It does it just doesn't hold up. I, I think it actually it could have been an average action movie. It never could have been more than that unless they did a complete rewrite of it. Um, what Brent talked about for changes, what Colin's talking about in the story and structure, that, that stuff's all true. It just I, I can't have psycho bad guys who want money. What do they even want that money for? What he's not retiring. He's not going to a sunny beach like other movies where people are trying to steal. Like that's what they want. They don't want to work anymore. They're sick of the grind and they want the money. Like like Traver, Travis, whatever the fuck his name is. Like what is his plan? Is he going to go to a non-extradition treaty country and like drink? banana daiquiris or something for the rest of his days like this is serious shit that they're doing so i just don't get it like it's never painted as to what the end goal is just money what how much money a hundred million people will get behind that all right sure they're psycho no you got to be so calculated to, to do planning like that so it, it it just it falls apart i think um stallone actually does a decent job with his character in this um and, yeah. and and like Rooker as well. Like I like Rooker in this movie too. It's it's all on the shoulders of the bad guys who just drop the ball in this. It's too they're all too over the top. Uh and they do oh, crazy very things. Likeable. Like Rooker. Rooker's very likable because despite his like obvious distaste and hatred for fucking Gabe and whatever else he's got going on, he's always pursuing the right thing. Yeah, like he's always in the right, and he's trying to like sacrifice himself for other people a and, number of times. And he gets so upset when like when um, the old man's getting killed, and they let him run towards, and he's doing that crying, running thing. Like Rooker kills this role. Rooker is Michael as Rooker big a hero in this as Stallone, even though he's not like in the big action and all that shit. Yep. The number of times that he tries to sacrifice himself for the good of other people, yeah, is instantly puts him right on top of fucking uh, like positive forces. In this, in this also, flick. also the uh, the Michael Rooker is an underrated actor. Yeah, because like he seems like he's just kind of like a cheeseball guy. But like, look at him in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I'm glad he got that little franchise flick. Yeah, and I'll always love like, him in Mallrats. <laughs> See, I I felt like Mallrats. He's really bad because he's uh, so cheesy. It just goes to show like the range of what this guy can do, and like that's on the super cheesy and- side. The Guardians of the Galaxy character, like in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm really sad that there's a second one. Yeah. It's not very good. Yeah. You know yeah, what? Maybe Guardians of the Galaxy will pull a Thor. My, that's my hope is like, I'm really hoping that they pull a Thor 
and the second Guardians of the Galaxy was shit, but then the third Guardians of the Galaxy is like Thor uh, Ragnarok, where it's just like fun again and hilarious and like great action. And more Groot. Like, yeah. Just like the first one. More Groot. All right. Well, uh, well I, I think we've... More Groot. Yeah, but... I was kidding, but... Um, Maybe they could be adult Groot again, though. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Fuck, Fuck you, baby Groot. Yeah. I don't like you. Uh, and you too, baby Yoda. I don't uh, fucking like any of these baby baby, baby Groot way better than baby Yoda, though, because actually oh, it makes yeah. sense to me to have that in there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we've talked long enough about Cliffhanger and maybe some other movies now for today. So uh, we'll call this one as not holding up. Um, it's too bad. Had some 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 potential and some some fixes. As always, we want to know what you think. Um, when we start talking, we talked about story and structure so much with these action movies through the 80s and 90s. And I don't know if it's just something that Hollywood picked up that they need to put more effort in and it can't just be the car chases. And now we're seeing some of the more crafty action movies with a bit more structure and story. Um, or if people think we're garbage and these are just supposed to be movies you don't think this deeply about and sit back and enjoy. Uh, and if that's the case, I just wish action the action scenes would have been a little bit more memorable in some way for this. But regardless... That's lazy. That's once again laziness, though. You're, yeah. like, you're, you're like, hey, your movie doesn't make any sense. And then they're like, well, you're not supposed to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> you're supposed to believe everything on the screen. Not every yeah. story is a Pulitzer Prize winner. They're like, we could have we could have done a better job, but you're way overthinking our shitty job. <laughs> like, fuck you. Fuck you. That's awesome. I... What an awesome yeah. rebuttal to that. Oh, you just don't think about it. Oh, okay, I'm supposed to be fucking lazy like you? No. Yeah, awesome. yeah. It's just like, it's just a way of, uh, a lot of people say that about movies they love. They're like, well, you're just thinking about it too much. It's supposed to be shitty. Yeah. What? That was their choice. That was the movie they wanted to make. They wanted to make a shitty movie? Okay, <laughs> I guess I can accept that, but I'm not going to watch it. No, and I'm certainly not going to come on our podcast and say that it gets a pass because they intended it to be shitty. That only makes it funny, <laughs> but it doesn't make it good. Unfortunately, this movie is neither funny nor good. So it's in that, it's in that total garbage limbo of, of like, it's like a four out of ten, but then because it's so disappointing, it slips down to maybe a three. That's yeah, super, super mediocre. Yeah. All right. Well, get yeah. your get your shit together, super everybody. Mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Extra mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Funny. Thanks for joining us once again. Uh, I think we're getting closer to a, a in person recording, hopefully soon. So we'll we'll make sure everyone's on board for that. And for the next movie we got coming up, I'm not sure what that is, but. We will discover it, and so will you. It'll be a surprise. Keep on our Instagram. We'll uh, we'll keep that um, something in the middle of the week. I think we'll give a hint as to what we're going to do. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.